in recording because yeah haha i don't care what are you, you just drinking juice straight out of the carton i don't have to clean any cups that way and i guess nobody else wants to drink your juice no nobody else drinks this okay i'm in my bedroom drinking this please say you have a refrigerator in your bedroom yes okay good <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Talka. I'm your host, one of your hosts, I'm one of the people on the podcast, Chris, aka Time Burrito. I'm the other person on the podcast, <laughs> Nate, aka Little Teapot. And this episode is not brought to you by Welch's Grape Juice or Dr. Pepper. But hey, wait, hold on, lighting, you're bad. Lighting, lighting, you're bad. Do- Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but it could be. You know who to talk to. Hell, we'd be, we'll take a Welch's Grape Juice sponsorship. Welch's has some good juices, I think. Grape I'll is not one. <laughs> I'll take anything at this point. We'll take money. If you have something you want to sell, we'll sell it for you. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything I would... No, I can think of a couple of things. There are a lot of things I can think of that I would take a sponsorship, honestly. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Oh, it's not on the list in any way. Anyone who's ever been interviewed on Joe Rogan's podcast, I will not take you. See, that's a tough one, because there's some actually pretty decent people that I guess got roped into it in some way, and now it's like more than, like, in the past. And now, I'm, like, they have to, they regret it at this point. They have I to. Guess, I guess there's more popular interviewees, the people who actually, like, say shit, and he just kind of goes along with it. He's like, yeah, that makes sense. And whatever they said doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But... <laughs> Speaking of which, it's not on our list for anything, but um, did you see they went back? <clears throat> oh, I'm dying. <laughs> did you see they went back and, like, erased or deleted 70 episodes from Spotify? Yeah. Supposedly it's, like, the episodes that he said the N-word. People were furious about it and everything like that. Oh, it's censorship and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you, they, they do this all the time, right? Is like, as much as I hate this argument, it's still a valid one in our current, in the current way social media is set up. If you say something on a private platform and the owners of that platform don't want that thing set on their platform, they do have the right to remove it. Yeah, the <laughs> problem... you have no say in the matter. The <laughs> problem is that there have been artists that are basically pulling out of Spotify, like not allowing their music to be streamed on their app because of him. And Spotify is like, no, we still support him. We 100% are backing him. Except for the 70 episodes we decided are too much. I mean, that's just business, though. I mean, it all comes down to Spotify at that point, what they want to do with their own platform. It's not like Spotify is the only music streaming platform in the world. I've actually never used it. I mean, I've used it, and I still use it, because it's significantly better than Pandora was, as far as I'm concerned. I don't use that either. Well, I didn't want to subscribe to Sirius Satellite Radio in my car, so... (laughs) YouTube Music. We'll take that sponsorship, too. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the... if, If people don't want stuff on their platform, then you don't have any right to put it on their platform like that is not a right that people have no matter how much they say they do 
Like, I get pissed off when I get banned for Facebook for saying stuff, but, like, at the end of the day, Facebook decided that whatever I posted wasn't supposed to be on their platform. Mm, that's mm. questionable, because there are things that I've seen what you post, and the reason why it's getting flagged is not because of you post, or not because of what it is that you're posting, it's because of where you're posting it and the people that are reporting it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, that's just, you have to learn how to game the system a little bit to get your content out there say things in a way that you know sometimes you just have to avoid a conversation entirely you just can't go into it um and it sucks that social media is set up that way but that's the way it's going to be for a long time and it's probably not going to change anytime soon everyone is moving towards automated algorithms to determine what goes and doesn't go on their platform and those algorithms are not perfect and they're never going to be perfect and so at the end of the day if you get like report bombed and your stuff gets removed and you get a ban then all you can, can do really is wait out that ban and say, okay, well then I just won't engage with those people anymore. Yeah. Um, which is why I need to really pay attention to when I'm naming these episodes because like, uh, what was the last episode that we put out? I can't remember the name of it. Hold on. Or two episodes ago. Last episode, um, turns out people don't like things being called Jesus simulator. Uh, mentioned marvel that fucking episode got downloaded like that um halloween even uh again bring up the our our favorite episode grandpa sex um you gotta just title these things the right way and people will download it turns out again like i said if you want to make fun of jesus don't do it on the internet turns out well jesus simulator is on youtube currently with no views oh yeah the our youtube i don't even i throw everything on youtube i don't even look at it because youtube tracking is is the worst unless you were really really pushing it we just don't push our youtube even you motherfucker (laughs) 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 yeah like watch our old content on 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 uh twitch and i'm like or the place that it stays forever (laughs) i guess that's true but i mean where are these comments even coming from like what oh no no it's not comments it's um downloading or download numbers yeah, yeah, that's private. Well, I mean, it is what it is. You don't like the ty- topic of our podcast or whatever. You don't like the episode name. That's the problem. That's like we had years ago. Um, me and a couple of my friends did just a stupid recording thing one night where we just said a bunch of stupid shit. Um, mm-hmm. And we released it. My friend released it. And there was one about the Muffin Man. Um, it was is <laughs> not. It was an, a very R-rated uh, sentence that was said um, about said Muffin Man. And uh, man, it got a lot of downloads, mostly because you know <laughs> the Muffin Man is a, a very well-known childhood thing. Uh, <laughs> these kids got a very different kind of Muffin Man. <laughs> If I could find those recordings, if he still has those recordings, I might need to find them. Hmm. Make it a special, special edition, Space Time Taco. Um, but yeah, Nate, how you been? How's everybody? Everybody good? Everything, everything good? Do things? Watch things? Play things? I'm fine. I've been, as you know, sick over the weekend. Not um, not so the vid. Not it was not the vid. Um... That's fine. According to certain sources, the vid is over. We defeated the vid. Oh, that's great. Oh, what what just happened to your thing? 
I don't know. My camera zoom went all fucking weird. Stop moving me. Well, now I gotta fix it. I didn't even touch my camera. I don't know what happened. Alright, we're good. Okay, well... <laughs> no, um, vid's not over. <clears throat> don't treat no. vid as if it's over. That's no. all I can say. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, not a lot has gone on. Uh... It's that weird I mean, slow news time, slow everything time. It's a slow everything time because it's the beginning of the year. It's first quarter. There's not a lot of stuff that's being announced or, you know, that's really on its way. A lot of the stuff that this month actually could talk about is actually already out. Well, I was gonna say the the rest of this month. Every we're like in the last bit of February that nothing is coming out right now. Like yeah. I think starting Friday is when things start going crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really, when we talk about games in particular, it's really not until spring and holiday season that we see a lot of stuff starting to hit. Um, because they want to get the summertime market, all the kids are out of school, they want to get them playing stuff, and then, of course, holiday, when people are running out to buy consoles and whatever for Christmas, they want to uh, get that market, too. So, Yarp. those are when we expect, you know, the big titles to really come out. Um I mean, all I can say is I've seen clips of Dying Light 2. It still looks like a fun game. Um, the people I know who have played it said they had fun with it. But uh, there isn't a lot of hype surrounding the game, honestly. Um, which is, in my opinion, a little bit sad. Because Dying Light, the original Dying Light, was a fun game to play. Um, but I guess it's not everybody's cup of tea. So. Yeah. Mm. Happens. I mean, we have um, Horizon Forbidden West coming out. We've got the new... Oh, I know a lot of people are excited about the Destiny expansion. Um, in end of the month, uh, we have... Oh, fuck. My mind's blanking on his name right now. Hold on. Give me a second. Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. Elden Ring comes out at the end of the month, and I know how excited people are for that. Um, yep. But hey, there's plenty of games. It's like that perfect time to get through, get into games that you haven't touched in a while. Mm -hmm. Like you, for instance, saying you're, you're currently going through... We're still trying to go through the first uh, Dying Light. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've, I've dug into my backlog a bit, and I've got some other games. Of course, I've downloaded their older through Game Pass that I still want to play. Um, I never finished Wolfenstein 2, so I downloaded that on PC to finish playing that. I still have Shadow Warrior on Steam, which I never completed, and I'm going oh, wow. to like the largest level in Shadow Warrior right now. <laughs> The Shadow Warrior 3, I think, is supposed to come out later this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looks fucking crazy. Yes. It, it's basically just Shadow Warrior on the Doom engine, which is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's there's stuff. I, um, we'll talk about it later, but that, that the Game Pass games, there's so much that we have to get. Because it sucks because it is like, oh, I'll get around to that. But certain ones you have to try and get around to a little bit earlier because they don't stick around as long. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the major fault in Game Pass currently is that games do get removed off the platform. But I can understand if a game's not super, super popular, isn't really pulling it in numbers. So or if it's just the agreement the they had, yeah. Yeah, and let people buy it. Um I mean, a lot it's of these indie games. Also first party games stay. Yeah, yeah. Any first party game, they stay, stay on there. Um, but I was gonna say a lot of these indie games, they're getting released day and date. And um, I think it really is. It's like, hey, we get a year. Um, for instance, oh, what is that thing called? Outer Wilds. 
Outer, mm-hmm. Outer Wilds day and date for release was out on PC Game Pass. Um, yeah. And then was taken off, and now it's back up. I'm not sure if it's back up on PC as well, but I know it's at least on Xbox again. <sighs> Enough with the Welches, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's too much. I don't even know what's... I haven't opened Game Pass, because I had a couple of games that were just installed. Let's see if there's yeah. anything good actually showing up. In game. Not good, sorry. That's mean. That speaks to me. <laughs> I've, I've opened Game Pass with their integration with EA Play, though. If you're going to play an EA Play game through Game Pass, just download it on Xbox. Do not do it on PC, or else you have to download the stupid EA Origin log. Yeah, it's really annoying to get through. <laughs> it's... The problem with the EA Origin log, other game launchers, like Blizzard's Game Launcher or Epic's Launcher, is they're nice and light, and they don't hog resources. EA Origin, for whatever reason, is like one big fucking piece of bloatware on your computer. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh. Turn it off, and then it's still running processes in the background. Like, it's ridiculous. Speaking of EA Play, they just added Peggle Knights. Now <laughs> 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 it doesn't look like too much has been added most recently. Um, that Telling Lies game, which looks really hard, but has a lot of actors that I recognize from things. Uh, oh, that Drum Master game. Ooh. Drum Master was really one of the Taiko Drum Master games. The problem is, I don't know if there's a Taiko Drum Master controller I don't think that works is. with an Xbox. <laughs> Maybe on PC you might be able to hook up the old ones. Um, there is so. I, two games that I know people are excited about, though. Windjammers 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Paparazzi. Paparazzi. Where you yeah. literally just run around taking, a picture, taking pictures of dogs. Who doesn't want to take puppy pictures? Puppy pics. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's still plenty of Nintendogs trapped in little cartridges out there somewhere. <laughs> and they're going for so much money. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of the games, what have you been playing, Nate? We're not going to talk about Minecraft. We're just saying it right now. We're not going to talk about Minecraft. We're still playing Minecraft. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> I've been playing something Minecraft adjacent. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got back into playing Rust. A friend of mine who started a server a long time ago that I was streaming on. Um, she joined a new server that is literally just a Rust MMORPG server. Um, it holds 64 players at a time. It is a 100% no-wipe server. Um, and... The gist of it is, is you are playing Rust, just not in the way you would expect to play Rust. Um, so you still have the survival elements and things there and all the funky stuff that comes with Rust, but it does play like an MMO, sort of like a World of Warcraft thing. You have a leveling system in the game. Um, you get XP for killing stuff, gathering stuff, harvesting whatever, uh, even eating food, smelting materials, all that stuff. You gain XP so- for just about every action you take. You are still playing the game for the most part the same way, because mm-hmm. um, like obviously it's a survival game. It is just straight up a survival game, crafting survival game. Um, do with the is there anything added with the MMO stuff besides the the XP gain from doing just about everything? Well, the point of the XP gain is that as you level up, you get points that add to modifiers, right? So they have a full RPG system. Um, Rippage. With uh, you have 
birth signs, so they give you a bonus. You have your attributes, and then you have currently talents. They're adding feats and abilities later on. Are they doing, um, is there like a skill tree aspect to it at all? It's kind of a skill tree, but think of it more in the terms of you're just applying points to okay. different skills. Right? Um, so you can really create any kind of character you want. Currently, I'm going with a melee headshot build, so I basically take a melee weapon and I whack stuff in the head with it. <laughs> um, can you dual wield uh, bow and arrow and magic? No. Damn it. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. It's Every not character I've ever played Skyrim. is mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what we fucking need, modern Skyrim. But, um... No, I mean, for me, it's a fun way to play Rust. There are quests that you can pick up in the game, so it's like, go to this landmark, like a gas station, and kill, you know, so many people in the gas station. Alright? Um, so the game does have NPC characters in it. Um, most of them are hostile mobs that you just have quests to go kill. You have gathering quests as well to get certain materials. Um... But you level up through the system, and each area in the game, in the world map, is tiered as well. So you kind of know what you're up against as you enter each tier. Okay. Um, so is you there just your own devices. Yeah, so sorry. Is there still PvP? There is PvP, but we've they've added an alignment system to the game. So you gain alignment points based on mostly killing hostile mobs or if you collect what's called a bounty, which is a player who has basically a criminal status in the game. If you kill them, you can get a lot of positive alignment points. But if you go to other player stuff and you steal stuff for them, for example, you go to a gray alignment, which makes you a criminal. If you start engaging in like rapid player killing, you go into a red alignment, making you basically unlawful or chaos alignment in the game. Okay. Which um, normally so, I support chaos, but not in a way like so, this. There's everything from lawful to chaotic alignments in the game, um, and you get different benefits or deficits depending on how you play that. Um, there are players who, of course, just go straight PvP and want to raid bases and take out other players and steal their stuff, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's encouraged in the game, but the game does have certain secured areas, especially in the lower tier areas. So that way, it just can't happen to you if you're new. Okay. There's no like. That is nothing nice. of like a bunch of tier three uh, guys with tier three gear coming at you with your tier zero bone knife to try and take you out. <laughs> Don't come at um, me with your bone knife. So, yeah, I mean, it's the best thing about Rust for me is you can go from just trying to survive to thriving very quickly if you know what you're doing. Um, but the benefit of this server is there are no wipes, so you don't have to worry about that. They are doing a map overhaul, which is a soft wipe. Mm-hmm. What that means is everything on the map will be wiped because we're upgrading to a much larger map. Basically, a map oh. that fills out almost the entire grid. Damn. But um, all your resources will be refunded to you in a vault. So okay. you won't be losing anything when they do this map update. And it's able to like track everything you've, you have... I'm assuming. Okay. The game, like, the, the foundation of this server and the way that it's programmed is that it has very, very strong trackers for everything in it. I have never run on a quest where it's, like, bugged out, where I've killed one of the NPCs labeled in the quest and it didn't give me credit. That's um, good. It Everything is tracked. They spent an incredible amount of time programming this mod for the server, and they still are working on it. This server is technically in an open beta state. Um so even in an open beta state it's still a fully playable like rust experience and 
Um, I would say if you don't like Rust, it's probably not going to get you to play Rust, but for me, it's it's fun enough to keep me engaged, and I keep going back to the server every day and just doing new things. <laughs> That's good. I know you got really into it when... Um, I feel like everybody at, at one point was just playing Rust. Mm -hmm. uh, it, yeah. Do you, with the, the server wipe and losing any progress, that was very much a... I think I'm good on this. I don't need to play this game. Yeah. I mean, the server wipe thing was there because they didn't want players to get basically too powerful. Mm -hmm. The thing is, in a vanilla Rust server, the PvP is 100% free-for-all. <laughs> so there are servers that you could join in where you are what they call a naked, meaning that you literally just spawn and all you have is your underwear and a rock on you. <laughs> and... Like, you've got guys, you've got players out there with, like, assault rifles and rocket launchers and full armored cars and everything they need. And they would just run around and just kill you because you happen to be nearby them. And you stood no chance. That sounds fun. Yeah. You just stood no chance at all. So it was a complete and total PvP environment. And I get that some people like playing games like that, but for me, it's just, it's irritating. It's yeah. one of the reasons why I stopped playing GTA Online, because... Every server in GTA Online is just a bunch of people driving around a map as fast as they can, murdering, killing anybody they come across. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. That's a fun day, fun day for me. Yeah, that is the one, the probably the biggest downside for um, GTA, in my opinion, is it they never really added the way that GTA works. You can't really do private servers. Yeah. Um, which is really disappointing because I would love to play more GTA, but I know a lot of people don't want to play because of the fact that they just get there, just hop in and immediately have people constantly killing them over and over again. Mm -hmm. no, it was it was fairly annoying. I I would play GTA in their pacifist mode for as long as I could. Yeah, and even that, I, it's still. I would go like run races a bunch and you know maybe do a heist or two there, but. The game is poor. The game's economy is still poorly implemented and designed, and the fact that it's all really just to push you to buy shark cars at the end of the day. In that's cool cars, really I want to. Yeah, you want to spend all that money on the really fucking cool cars. Well, that's the other issue. Every update for GTA Online is literally, hey, we released another vehicle. <laughs> like they do this like weekly now. They release new vehicle into the game. <laughs> you say and it so like it you gets, don't want to play that. I really don't, because it's like. I would like to see more weapons in the game. I would like to see more events in the game. I would like to see more ways to engage with the world of GTA than just, here's another car you can buy. Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> of course, I also am somebody that would love to just own half the fucking cars in that game. And I'm not a car person. There's just some really fun shit to do with cars. I mean, really all I wanted to do in GTA was play Heist, and those are a headache in and of themselves. You get a bad team in a Heist, no and kidding. everything just... South. Well, in just getting them set up in the first place, it's a big problem that I have with it. And obviously, they're not going to change it because, hey, money. Um, mm -hmm. The. What is it? The. Um, the cost it takes to actually do any of the new missions that they introduce in the game. It's like, hey, to do this mission, you have to own a company. You have to own a. a a street gang or whatever you have to lead a team and all this different things and it costs like half a million dollars in-game money to even buy those things at least um oh, yeah. and then to do missions you have to put money for setup costs and i'm like no i'm good <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Well, that's why. I mean, they try to resolve that with the with the take splitting and heist, because you could, you know, basically up a percentage for whoever fronted the most money for the mission. But at the end of the day, everyone was like trying to do a fifty-fifty even split between yeah. all players. It just it wasn't worth it at the end of the day. Um, I don't think the issue is that capital G gamers really understand how a heist is supposed to work in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like, please go, please go watch a movie. Go watch fucking Ocean's Eleven. Like, goddamn. <laughs> if I can, hold on, my mind's thinking of some good heists. Um, ooh, watch the majority of Leverage. Mm -hmm. Mostly because Leverage is a great show. Um, speaking of watching things, um, we're just gonna jump around. I don't fucking care. Uh, Nate, you finally, you finally watched Boba Fett. Yes, I did. I'm going to make you do most of the talking just because I don't want Kim to hear any kind of spoilers overheard because she hasn't watched. Um, but I think I've said it multiple times already. I absolutely fucking love this series. Um, mm -hmm. And you are 100% caught up, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, I realize I don't have a Book of Boba spoiler thing. Um, <laughs> so maybe we won't just in general. Ah, fuck it. Hold on. Let me. You know what, Nate? We'll come back to that. Why don't you talk about Encanto? Encanto. So, yes, I finally watched Encanto after much badgering. Um, and he hated it. I didn't hate it. Um, no, it's a good movie. I feel like it's a bit rushed and a bit short for what it was. But uh, the internal theme on it, theme in the movie is really, really good. Um, it centers around... You know, a family that is gifted with this miracle that gives each family member these special powers, except, of course, for one girl who doesn't seem to have any of her own. Um, and she's really distraught by this and later on learns of basically a prophecy given by another family member that she will lead to the ruination of this family and the disappearance of their miracle and magic. Um, well, hold on, okay. I think you are, you are taking, you, you sound like a boiler right there. Because there's nothing clear about that. There was nothing, clear, nothing clear about saying that that's what that was going to happen. I'm getting to that part. <laughs> <laughs> so she finds the family member, Bruno, who we don't talk about. <laughs> you can sing about him, but you can't talk about yes. him. Who, who his special power was to see the future, to have these visions of the future. Um. And so she finds him and finds out that this vision that he had is incomplete and unclear. He doesn't know all the details of the vision. All he sees is these bits and pieces of a potential future. Um, so she learns more about the vision and encourages him to see more. Um, and eventually it comes to this climax where she is being blamed for everything that's going wrong with the family, for her fellow family members losing their powers for their magic house basically falling apart. Um, I say basically falling apart, literally falling apart. <laughs> and uh, the abuela, the grandmother, who's the leader of the family, is, bitch. is furious with her. You know, she's, she's absolutely... She's basically ready to just kick her out. <laughs> um, and this is because she's gone through her own trauma in her life, losing her husband... Um, it's heavily implied that this is due to conquistadors in Colombia. <laughs> um, but, um, 
loses her family, you know, has to find a new place to live, is gifted this miracle, and wants to do everything she can possible to hang on to it. Um, and believes that her daughter or her granddaughter is the one causing all these problems until she realizes, after they have a, have a very nice talk about it, that um, you know, her unwillingness to let go of her pain and her willingness to push everyone to be these perfect examples um, is what is really tearing the family apart at the end of the day. Tammy you find apart, out Lisa. through little bits and pieces there with Louisa and uh, the sister, the one that makes flowers. I forget her name. Uh, Isabella. Um, Isabella, yes. You find out that Isabella, basically they are under a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, and it's causing them to use their powers in a way that only benefits other people and doesn't give them any satisfaction in using them themselves. Um, so it's a story mostly about the expectations of family. When you're so exceptional, you know, having the pressure, having the weight of those expectations placed on you without the ability to branch out and discover new things or take time to even relax. Um, and so that's really the theme of the story. Um, and so, what is her name again? Which one? Just ask me. I forgot the main character's guy. Mirabelle. Mirabelle. So Mirabelle finds Mirabelle? that just by sitting down and actually trying to connect with her family, she can help them bring out these better, freer aspects of themselves. Um, and that is ultimately what allows them to rebuild their house and put things back in order. Um and I believe at the very end of the story is where Mirabelle does finally get her gift from the miracle. Again, questionable. It's, it's questionable, yes. It's left up in the air. It's completely up in the air. And my favorite theory, and until I'm told otherwise by people that made the fucking movie, um, and a lot of people agree with me, what's the one thing she does? Is that a cat? I do. Hey, what's up, Coop? What's the one thing that Mirabelle does that nobody else does when she goes up to get her powers at the door? That's right, Nate. She wipes her hands after touching the magic candle. Oh. She wipes her hands on her dress and doesn't okay. get powers. So are you saying that you can just wipe your hands and the miracle doesn't work? I'm just saying. <laughs> I think she wiped the magic onto her dress and she wasn't able to to get a power because of that. Who she knows? Her dress uh, it's pretty magical. It has a really nice dress. It has uh, bi bisexual representation on it. Uh, it has representation for everybody in the family. Yeah, Coop, do you want some of my Dr. Pepper? No, he does not want any of this. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a working theory. Um, but no, there's also people who talk about whether or not she ever has a gift or whatever, anything. And other people are like, oh, she's just now the new caretaker of uh, the house. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, oh, actually. No, I think ultimately the to fit with the theme of the story, the idea is, is that she didn't need one of these special powers. Exactly. To be a she doesn't need the power. She's just don't you touch things. No, her, too much. <clears throat> her gift, so to speak, is her ability to connect with other people. So and to bring them out of their shell, so to speak. Yeah. Um. On top of that, though, throughout the movie. There are only two people that actually speak directly to the house, and that is mm -hmm. Abuela and Mirabelle. Yes. What do they call the house again? Casita? Casita, yeah. 
You know any names? I almost got you. I like forget like three of them. I can sing parts of we don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. There's that part with the that's that's a good. It's fucking good. It's a bit. The music's by Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda. Everybody's favorite. I don't. Maybe I don't know. I we've I've talked about this before. I love everything he creates so far. Just don't let him perform in it. Mm-hmm. Personal, personal feeling. I have no room to talk. I'm not somebody that writes for Broadway, in for Disney, in for no. other things. Netflix, Netflix, that Vivo, that thing, Vivo, Monkey Movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's a dancing monkey movie called Vivo that he did the music for. Um. Anyway, I yeah. I think I like this movie a lot. Um, I think I need to give it a second watch to fully grasp everything. I probably need to watch it on my TV and not my tablet so I can actually hear You motherfucker. <laughs> this sorry. man. I was sick. I was in bed. You don't have a TV in your room? I do. It's just too far away for me to actually see properly. Get glasses. I have glasses. I'm not going to wear them in bed. What? It's uncomfortable. You make no sense. Okay. <laughs> oh, hey, what's oh, this? Man. I made a thing, and it's on the thing. <laughs> I would say Encanto. If you have Disney Plus, Encanto is definitely worth a watch. Um, I'd be, to be honest, if it was safer out, I would say go, because, you know, again, it still exists. Um, go to the movies and see it. I would highly recommend to see it in theaters. Fucking Dolby with that music? Oh, man, I would love that. Um if it's in Dolby, I doubt that it is. There's probably some other action movie that's still in Dolby. Probably Spider-Man. Oh, or Moon Moon Crash, or whatever the fuck that thing is. The last thing I'll say about uh, Encanto is I enjoy that they uh, they went a little deeper into representation there. Um, you know, it's set in Colombia, but you get some, uh, some Afro-Latinos in that movie, too. So, that's always good. Yep. That w- many different shades of skin in that movie. Oh man, I saw some stupid shit on on the internet after that movie came out about that too. Like there was one that was saying that they whitewashed all the characters. They did not whitewash the characters. <laughs> you have to take some liberties when you make a movie for an American audience. I get that, but the characters were no way whitewashed. <laughs> no, they were like color picking the characters. And like being like, look, this is white skin tone. This is white skin tone, including the 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 uncle. Okay, well, I hate to break it to these people, but if you go anywhere in Central or South America, there's a lot of different colored people in those places. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about the 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 darker skinned uncle. Because yeah, they looked at him and they were like, look at this one highlight on his forehead, white. I'm Are like, you fucking kidding? <laughs> I'm not kidding. If I could find that video for you, I'm like, no. No, no, no. Look at Nate's face right now. Look at him. He gets... Cooper, I love you. I love you. Say hi. This is the only difference between me having Google Notes open, which has a white background, and me having another web page open, which has a black background. Where'd he go? <laughs> Do you want to see the difference I mean, for me? Here's me with the white background. I know how to put Google Notes in dark Here's mode, me so. with a bluish and red background. Um, here. Even have a dark oh, you know what? That is a good question. But I don't want it because, like, the lighting in this basement is shit. I don't think you can turn on... 
Settings. There, I have to download a browser extension for it. That's stupid. Add-ons. I would like to have white on black. Just the. I, I hate. I hate black text on white paper now. I don't know what it is. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. Boom. I don't know the actual theme song to Boba Fett. I only know the theme song to Mando. Um, so yeah, Nate, you finally watched seven or six out of seven episodes because seven episode seventh episode comes out Wednesday, and then Kim can watch it all with me again, and then we can have a talk about it separately. <laughs> Sorry, Kim off camera. Um, oh, it should, did you just put headphones on? Yeah. So I can talk freely about Boba Fett. <gasps> I don't have to be. Oh, I have to give her 30 seconds and then I can talk spoilery. Woohoo! Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nate, so you, you've now, I think I've already mentioned the fact that I've been really enjoying it, really, really happy with what they're doing. Um, I have a little bit of issues, uh, specifically, as we talked, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the last two episodes me and people online have also talked about it just with the last episodes um but overall i'm fucking love it i i disney plus has been making the star wars content that i feel like most fans have been able to just straight up enjoy mm-hmm. um because obviously you know prequel trilogy or sequel trilogy has its moments good and bad um prequel trilogy has its moments <laughs> not has sure moments. has moments um Django Fett's in it um droids are cool uh pod racing <laughs> um du- Duel of the Fates one of the greatest songs ever ever in my opinion yes <laughs> Uh, don't get too good. You might get DMC strip struck. <laughs> um, Alright, it's definitely been 30 seconds. But go ahead, Nate. How have you felt about the first six episodes of Book of Boba Fett? I thought they were all really good. Um, I, I didn't find one that I didn't really enjoy. Um, it's glad to see that we are getting, you know, post-original trilogy stories here. Um, and a lot of this is actually being pulled out of from what is now considered Star Wars Legends, which was the Star Wars Extended Universe before Disney took over. Um, that's the only negative thing I'll just get out of the way real quick, is back when the sequel trilogy was released, Mm -hmm. um, Kathleen Kennedy, the producer of those films, came out and said, and I'm reading this quote directly from what she said, there's no source material, we don't have comic books, we don't have 800-page novels, we don't have anything other than passionate storytellers who get together and talk about what the next iteration might be. We go through a really normal development process that everybody else does. And that was... Just straight bullshit. Straight bullshit. A bold-faced lie. Um, They had all of that, and it showed in the very last movie in the sequel trilogy where just about every plot point pulled from that the whole Palpatine being alive and having clones and, you know, all this other stuff that was pulled directly from old EU stuff from comics, from novels and all that stuff. And the problem with it isn't so much that it, the problem is 
yes, they pulled some of those ideas, which would have been fine if you had built towards those ideas. Um, yes. I don't want to get back into my issue, well, the, the many really issues. No, I know. That, but it's but, how it ties into the show. Yeah, I was going to say, when you, when you look at Star Wars, there are decades, decades of additional uh, content. That's what I'm going to yeah. just call it. Um, with the extended universe slash legends. And we've gotten that with with Rebels, with Thrawn. Um, mm -hmm. We've gotten it now with Boba Fett coming back from the dead. Uh, we've even had it with... Oh my god, my mind's blanking on names right now. <laughs> There's just so much that they've been slowly building and being like, Hey, this person is now in the universe. It's not the same way it was in the stories, but we're bringing them in and doing it how this this way or that way. And people yeah sure i'm sure there's some people that are looking and be like that's not how the book said it who fucking cares <laughs> this this season specifically with obviously we had boba fett reintroduced in mandalorian season two um mm -hmm. but uh the most badass looking uh fucking wookie ever um oh, yeah. is now who was already canon to the comics is now canon in the se in the actual live action series which is fucking great he looks incredible um he's great uh i would have there's part of me that was that wanted him to just just start talking not like <laughs> wookie but like mm -hmm. I'd, yeah common. yeah because yeah, i always want to say english and i'm like i know that's not what it is because english <laughs> doesn't exist in star wars neither does underwear um <laughs> Which is funny because I'm pretty sure Boba Fett wears underwear, and I'm pretty sure Luke wore underwear at one point too. But whatever. Finn wore underwear. Who did? Finn. Yeah, but that that was the Republic or the uh, the Empire, and you don't know. You don't know. They might yeah. think things differently. I mean, what what I enjoyed the most about it. I mean, the tie into the story is, of course, Boba Fett's escape from the Sarlacc. Um. We always knew that through comics and things like that, there was, you know, an escape from the Sarlacc for Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Now we actually get to see that happen in real time through a TV show. Um, I think the bigger overlying question is how did he survive after that escape? I believe that the comics and novels kind of gloss over how he survived afterwards. It was mostly just, I'm out and now I'm good again. Yeah. We're, in this show, we get a much more in-depth look at that that, he really had to fight to survive and fight. Well, we get this whole backstory with the Tusken Raiders, right? And I really don't like calling them Tusken Raiders because that's not what they are. They're just Tuscans. Yeah. Um, so, and Boba Fett learns that through his own experience with them, that they're not just these crazy savage sand people who are out there terrorizing, you know, the average citizen of Tatooine, that they are sort of the original inhabitants of Tatooine. <laughs> Their culture spans back to a time before Tatooine was even a desert planet. Yeah. Before the second sun even appeared and dried up all the oceans. Um, Which, man, that's fucking crazy. Just thinking yes. about that. So, they are, I mean, they know everything there is to know about Tatooine. They are deeply tied to the environment of Tatooine. And they survive off the resources that the planet provides rather than going out and making trades with other people throughout the galaxy and things like that. Um, and Boba Fett becomes sort of adopted by and ingrained in their culture through the tribe that he is 
first enslaved by and then rescued by. Yeah. Um, but he, he in his own right becomes a full-fledged Tuscan warrior at that point and teaches them things that are sort of outside their culture, which is a little bit of modernizing them, but it's also ultimately to save them from... Sorry, you know something I, terrible. I immediately think of the the speeder bike where he's like, just like a panther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just a like bouncy little like motorcycle yes. hands. But uh, no, I think his whole journey with the Tuscan Raiders was great. I think them dying is a way to push the story along. I am a little bit upset about that because I would like to see more of that play out and who knows we may get you know maybe a few of those tuscans back especially the warrior who trained him maybe who knows um in that that where that's where the slight disappointment with the season is or the series is we have seven episodes it's a seven episode series two of the, those episodes have been mando 2.5 mando season 2.5 which mm-hmm. really well fucking great episodes absolutely amazing hold on one sec Um, but yeah, I, I loved what they did with that. And I'm, I'm happy with the fact that it it felt like a way to kind of further that story for Mandalorian without having to waste the time. And I say waste, because I mean, again, two fantastic fucking episodes. Um, but like, it allows them to progress into a, a single story maybe or I don't, who knows who fucking knows we know it's coming we just don't know what it's going to be about um and hey who knows maybe at the end of this we find out that there's some more connection to it um mm-hmm. but yeah the fact that we we lost two episodes more of boba fett um cuz i feel like we don't really need to see much more of the past his mm-hmm. past after getting out of the sarlacc pit i think we've we've seen enough of that maybe um I mean, his fight right now is to become this daimyo of basically what was Jabba's territory. Yep. Um, and he wants to do it in a different way. He doesn't want to be like this insane crime lord who's fueling criminal activity throughout, you know, Mos Espa. He wants to basically stabilize Mos Espa and yeah. get these crime families to work together to sort of serve as a de facto almost provisional style government to the region. Um, You know, if they, if he has to sort of engage in some gray activities where he's, you know, letting them get away with certain things and he's willing to do that as long as they aren't getting in his way and stopping him from protecting the people that he feels need protection. Well, it's Um, like we had the episode um, with the mods where they straight up, he's going after, he's told, asked to go after them because they're stealing from one of the merchants and then it turns out that the merchant is just charging them the fuck like three thousand three hundred times markup on necessities. Yeah. Um on water. Yeah, Literally I couldn't remember if it was food or water, water, but yeah. Um and it's like, oh no, he's a piece of shit. Cool. You guys come work for me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean Boba was still willing to cut him a deal at the end. Boba could have easily just, you know, killed the guy and been done with it, but <laughs> He still caught up a deal. He's like, look, you can charge them the market rate for this, or you can just get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your decision. Um, you know, I think the one thing I, I absolutely love about this is just designs that we're getting. 
for certain things for characters and all kinds of technology that's in the Star Wars universe now. Yeah. The mods, speeder bikes, best looking fucking speeder bikes I've ever seen. I love that shit. <laughs> they straight up just look like Vespas that float. They're like they have like a little bit of hot rod styling in them, some Bosuzuko styling from Japan in them. It's it's crazy. It's nuts. I love it. And the way they dress. I mean, like, for poor kids, they're the most fashionable people in Tatooine. <laughs> that is a good... Because, like, how fucking expensive does it cost to get um, modifications done? That's, I, mean, I mean, that's got... You got that question in your mind. Like, how can they afford that? Yeah. My assumption was is that the mod doc is because he's doing it sort of as a black market oh, you mean thing. A, a Thundercat? Thundercat? The mod yeah. doc? <laughs> yes. I think he's just not really interested in charging people so much as he is in doing the modifications in the yeah. first place. Yeah, um, that's true. I love that that moment in the scene where um, he brings Fennec in, and uh, she's like, "Can you cover up?" And he's like, "You want to cover this up? Like it's he's like, look at this beauty kind of thing, this masterpiece kind of thing. Why would you want to cover that up?" And I'm like. I don't know if it's so much of the masterpiece as you you literally put a bunch of rods in her to hold her body together. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> but how he looks at it, it's somebody that appreciates his work. I'm I like get she, that. She basically got torn in half by a disintegrator rifle, so... <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing that I remember everybody pointing out um, a bit of, uh, of reworking of what happened in the original episode. Because um, when Boba Fett walks up to Fennec in the Mandal uh the was it season two Mandalorian, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh he uh it has the spurs, the sound of the spurs while he's walking, and that just does not exist in this. Um no. and I'm okay with it. I'm like whatever. I mean there was gonna be some retcons with the few with the book of Boba Fett coming out anyway. I mean his his outfit has changed. It's recognizable that it's Boba Fett because he's got the green Mandalorian armor mm-hmm. and everything. But underneath his clothing has entirely changed and he's I like it. Like the black paying, lining and everything. He's paying heritage to some of that some of his Tuscan background, but also because if you know what daimyo means, it's a term for lord in Japanese. Um and you notice on things like, for example, the shoulders of his outfit, it's almost a very traditional sort of kimono esque style. Um like an Edo period kind of thing going on there. So it's all just a tie-in to the themes in the story and his position of power in the place that he's in. Um, and I think probably one of the one of the things that they keep going on about is that he's not being carried on a litter and so on and so forth and stuff like that. Um, but he still knows that in order to keep up appearance, he has to be like very clean, mm-hmm. very well put together when he goes out in public. Um, because... I mean, frankly, Mandalorians are bred to be warriors, and they could care less what they fucking look like at the end of the day. <laughs> um, you know what they want? Oh is no, uh, Mando is pretty pretty shiny. Um... <laughs> well, they're very much a function over form kind of person. And the reason Mando is so shiny is his armor is just unpainted, just straight up Beskar. <laughs> it's just pure Beskar and unpainted. <laughs> so you also notice that Mando's armor plates are a lot thicker than the plates on Boba Fett's armor, which is another little just attention to detail thing that I like because. Mando's armor, of course, is forged from pure Beskar, whereas it's implied throughout the series that every other Mandalorian's armor has Impurities. elements of Beskar in it, but is not pure Beskar. Yeah. So, like, even though Boba Fett says, okay, well, the Sarlacc wouldn't melt Beskar, it's like, well, your armor's not 
100% best car. Well, and you can um, see it, and obviously we have the picture up for the spoiler tag, but uh, you can see the little bits that are kind of damaged and haven't been repaired. You can see that they shined it up as much as they could, but certain stuff kind of just, you know, melted away a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think, I mean, I'm enjoying the story for what it is. I'm enjoying the fact that Fennec Shand is back. Um, and we're getting some more character development out of her and her relationship with Boba Fett. She's sort of serving as his advisor, sort of his counterbalance, because Boba does want to take a very pacifist approach to things, and she's kind of like, well, you got to be a little bit aggressive. Still got to murder. Still got to murder. <laughs> I love uh, in that scene where he's like, don't kill them or capture them or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I only need one of you. <laughs> yeah, that was like the best. But it also shows that she's like, she's very good at what she does. Like, she is one of the best assassins in the galaxy and she knows what she's doing. Yeah. She knows exactly what she needs to do to accomplish her goals. We so currently she... have, we currently have a, a season of a Star Wars series show property in general uh that has the most badass assassins slash bounty hunters all in one season because mm-hmm. obviously we have boba who's been a yep. one of the everybody's favorite bounty hunter for years um mm-hmm. we got fucking fennec we got mando coming back for those two episodes and then my favorite thing to happen because like me seeing boba fett that was that was that made my childhood but mm-hmm. the end of this last episode made my, I guess, adulthood. I don't know. Whenever I watched, <laughs> whenever I watched Clone Wars, um, you think he took your virginity? Oh my god! I was so fucking happy, and they did such a good job. If you have not watched Clone Wars, this means absolutely nothing to you. But Cad Bane live in the flesh, CGI flesh, whatever. I don't fucking care. Fucking amazing. Yes, I love. I love that his intro was nailed because Cad Bane does have that very, you know, Western bounty hunter appearance. It was the perfect and place to introduce him. His intro was nailed perfectly, though. Like, you have that whole, like, high noon sort of walk up to a duel kind of thing. The quick draw battle between him and the Marshal. Um, all that's excellent. And they did a great job at nailing the fact that Cad Bane really is just a sinister guy at heart. <laughs> Like at the end of the day, he'll he does violence because he likes doing violence, but yep. also because he's getting paid to do it. <laughs> um, and so he does not hesitate to just basically clap somebody if they talk back to him. <laughs> now, with that, what are your what what are your bets on um, whether or not Cobb is dead? I don't think he's dead. I don't either. Um, I fucking deputy, popular. deputy's dead. Deputy, one hundred percent dead. Oh, deputy shot fucking destroyed. Nobody fucking cares about <laughs> that deputy. His soul got took. He has become one with the force. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. The fact that it cut, it didn't show. I, I don't know. You you see him get hit, sure, but I, I feel like. I so feel he like gets... He's gotta. He's gotta make it. There's this weird dumb thing you see in movies, especially action movies, where someone always takes a shot in the shoulder, mm-hmm. right? And in a lot of action movies that involve like actual guns with bullets flying, someone gets shot in the shoulder and they like bleed out and die. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing about blasters in Star Wars is you all have blasters fire energy and the wounds are cauterized and blah 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 and stuff like that. Um, if you watch the scene, you don't even really have to watch it closely. You do notice that the marshal does take a blast to the shoulder. Cad Bane is not really aiming to kill this guy he's aiming just to put him out of commission yeah um meanwhile his deputy i mean 
campaign walks, but shoots him like three extra times in the chest. <laughs> and I think we all are okay with that. Yes. I mean, honestly, the deputy was acting like a little shit to begin with, so... <laughs> if he wouldn't have come out, it probably wouldn't have escalated as bad as it did. Well, it wouldn't have escalated, but also, like, just know when you're in over your head, kid. I mean, Cad Bane is cold-blooded, and that's the one thing I like the most about his representation in this series, is he is being shown even more ruthless than he was in Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, I mean, he says exactly what needs to be said. He knows how to basically talk down to people to say, look, I know that you don't like what I'm telling you to do, but you're going to do it one way or another. <laughs> um, and so he just he's just a badass in his own right. I love everything about his character so far. They made him look even better than he does in Clone Wars, which is hard to do when you're transitioning from Something that's purely animated CGI to a live action show. <laughs> yeah, I in the, that whole episode. So, the, well, we'll go through it real quick, I guess, just with um, the Mando stuff, because um, we get Mando, we get Mando learning more and experiencing more with the the um, dark saber, dark saber, yep. I think it's dark saber. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because at, at again watching the animated stuff, watching Rebels. Um, you get to see him fight and kind of feel the same issue with the blade that um, oh, I can't remember her name right now, but the the Mandalorian character in in Rebels, um, Sabine. Sabine, yeah. Uh, who she she mentions it multiple like while being trained with it, how heavy the blade is. Um, mm -hmm. And I I like the fact that 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 continued and we get to see that. And he's not like you see him get his leg i think he burns his own leg with it yes, um he, does. he doesn't know what to do with it exactly he feels like it should be a tool just like anything else um yep. but on top of that we have that him technically technically should have claim to the throne of mandalore right now mm -hmm. um but also their uh super religious zealot people um being like you're not a mandalorian anymore because you said i want to take my mask off um yeah now he's just the man. Um, <laughs> have you seen that picture? No. <laughs> Somebody's just edited like the main poster from Mandalorian and got rid of DeLorean. It's just the man. The man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we get that. We get him getting a new ship, um, which is not. People have already like gone looked into it. You can see, there's like symbols on the side and everything. People are like this is not Anakin's Naboo starfighter from prequel. Because that would be way too convenient and way too, I guess. It would be I way too fan service. Yeah. It would make me out of the fringe. <laughs> um, I still love the fact that he has one now. Yeah. And the I fact mean, that he uh, they uh, they outfitted it so there isn't a spot for the droid. <laughs> well, it just it's a night and day difference between what he flew before and what he's flying now, right? When he had the Razor Crest, I mean, they even mentioned, okay, it's a gunship versus a starfighter, but people don't seem to understand the difference between the two is you can live in a gunship. Yeah. <laughs> you can't live in a starfighter. <laughs> um, so he's got to adjust his whole approach to bounty hunting now, now that this is the only ship he's got. Yeah. Um, Good thing there's that spot. That road, <laughs> I think there's going to be some sort of ultimate team up between him and Boba Fett at the end of this series. Um so I don't. I think his bounty hunting days may be at least in in part put behind him, um, especially now that he's been kicked out of his little Mandalorian coven. 
Um, Whatever sec- uh, sect of the the Death Watch, what yeah. the fuck was it called? Yeah. Because yeah, come on, I, I mean I the like... armor has the fucking the fucking uh, Darth Maul shit on her head. I do love the um, oh, like she's a Zabra, yeah. <laughs> but um, I do like the design of the N one Starfighter. Um, I like the modifications they made to it. It looks very much more like a muscle car in space than anything else now. <laughs> um, it it really looked like it, it kind of gives a look of like the Naboo Starfighter with pod racer engines, almost. Um, well, just the little little sort of carburetor thing they stick on the on the front of the ship. I mean, that just gives it straight muscle car vibes, and the fact that it's just so ridiculously fast like <laughs> oh that's right we I mean, the, basically built a space drag racing yeah. machine <laughs> uh with that episode we got um the live action version of bd one of the bd droids from uh star wars fallen order thank you uh star wars dark souls um yes. and i like the fact that he does a little happy dance just like he does <laughs> oh my god game. it was so fucking cute uh, <laughs> then he gets taken out by a rat um <laughs> No, uh, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, I mean, fuck, I, I haven't not enjoyed an episode. But this last episode, we got so much. <laughs> like, in all honesty, we get, obviously, Mandalorian. It's still, a, like I said, two episodes of basically just Mandalorian 2.5. Um, but we get Ahsoka back. We get Grogu straight up training with Luke. Um, and then obviously the end with uh cad bane but on the luke stuff i mm-hmm. was so impressed with what they did and how he looked um yes i i i was worried when when i there were rumors of them going back and you get to see grogu training i'm like i don't really want to see that i don't want it to look bad and it somehow mm-hmm. didn't i like the movies did it worse than what we saw in this in my opinion yeah um because like if we going back to to uh not solo but uh Rogue One Tarkin mm-hmm. Tarkin when Tarkin you see his reflection in the the window perfect mm-hmm. when you see his face straight up it's it's not there yet um and then we get the same issue with uh Leia in the end of that as well as Leia in the end uh, or uh, age down Leia in um mm-hmm. the third pre- or sequel movie I think the baddest, yeah. the worst of them all. <laughs> the one where they say, okay, yeah, she trained as a Jedi with Luke. Yeah, and they're basically like, look, she looks like she did when she was young. I'm like, no, no, it looks like a cartoon character. Um, but I, I think they, they did a really, really good job. They did do a really good job, and I think that John Favreau and Dave Filoni have learned from George Lucas's mistakes when it comes to CGI. Um, we all know that the original trilogy had massive massive problems with special editions and stuff being released as time went on yep. where George Lucas was just injecting as much CGI as he could into those films um, <laughs> and now we have learned <laughs> leave your fucking hair alone. Just, um, just one little bit that won't go we've I think that they've learned over time that there's a good mix in these shows between CGI and practical effects that really gives it that Star Wars feel that sort of industrial light and magic that we're used to yeah. Um, on top of, I mean, see... they basically created that whole dome thing, where they're okay. instead of recording on green screen, it's the, it's like a projected dome. I don't know. All I know is it looks amazing. Well, they even go back and forth 
almost seamlessly between practical and CGI effects in a way that's not jarring anymore. The bantha that Boba Fett rides throughout the desert all the way to Jabba's palace, they constantly go between CGI and wide shots. That wasn't a real bantha? Yeah. That wasn't real? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> but they go back and forth between the practical stuff and the CGI stuff in a way that doesn't sort of upset your vision when you're watching that. Um, you know, Cad Bane, even though he is mostly a CGI character, looks like he's present in the space that he's in. Um, so they do they do great jobs with that stuff. I mean, a lot of the speeder stuff is done with CGI backgrounds on it, but you feel like those speeders are really moving through space. You feel like starships are really moving through space as you watch this stuff. Um, and they even went as far with Grogu now where they have little tiny pieces of CGI with Grogu where it's necessary to give him faster movements and things like that. But for the most part, Grogu was still just a puppet. So. Yeah, <laughs> there were moments. He, he was probably the weakest, in my opinion, where he looked a little off every once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you're taking somebody something that was mainly a puppet for the entire first season um, yeah. and then making him move a lot more than we'd ever seen him. He's getting closer to Flippy, Flippy Yoda stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, oh, I turned off a white page. Damn. Um, speaking of which, uh, the scene we have of him having the memory of um, Order 66, mm -hmm. the clone troopers look so fucking good. It's just one of those things where I'm like, oh man, can we get a live action Clone Wars stuff again? Like Clone Wars back then, not yes. just the, either the cartoon or the movie. <laughs> well, who knows? I just, I, I like the fact that now we get some backstory for Grogu in that scene where we know he was present during Order 66. He was at least, maybe not born in the Jedi Temple, but at least given to the Jedi Temple as a youngling, mm -hmm. um, which was common because we we remember from the prequel trilogy that Anakin was technically too old to, yeah. be, a to be trained as a Jedi. Um, and too whiny. Yes, but um, we we get this idea that Grogu was at least raised in the Jedi Temple at a very young age, up until the point of Order 66, where he somehow managed to get out of that situation and Which, be absconded and until his return with the Mandalorian. I, the only thing I am worried about is the fact that with that scene, I'm sure there's going to be more people being like, it was fucking, it is baby Yoda. It is Yoda's no. child. He's been with him the whole time. Like, fuck off. No, just shut I up. Don't, I don't believe that for a minute. We, the only Maybe other he was Yaddles. No. The, well, that's the thing. The only other character we know of <laughs> Yoda's race is Yaddle, yeah. who was in the Old Republic, which is like, a thousand whole years before well, the I mean, trilogy. Yeah, Yaddle's in, pre in the prequel. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's true. Yaddle is in the prequel trilogy. I don't know. They just I mean, live forever, so fucking, that's all. Yeah, I mean, Yoda was 900 fucking years old when he died. Like, <laughs> the man has seen a lot of stuff. Um, and, and that Grogu bitch just went Grogu. out. He just like, I'm done. Have fun. And Grogu at this point in the story is over 60 years old himself. Yeah. So. Old man. So it's, I mean, they age a lot slower they experience things a lot slower. I think what most people are interested in is what is Grogu going to choose ultimately? Yeah, um, I know. You know, his connection to the Mandalorian is tight, and I think it would be heartbreaking if he went with the lightsaber, but... I think he's going to go Mando, and I have mm -hmm. one reason. One reason, and one reason alone. And I've talked with Lou about this. Um, mm -hmm. If Grogu stayed, 
and was being trained by uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no way that Kylo Ren, sorry, that Ben Solo would have won. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to think of the fact that Yoda was so strongly connected to the Force himself, I mean, if Grogu was trained by Luke, Luke is on the light side of the Force, but borders towards Grey Jedi very frequently. <laughs> and Not only that, he also uh, has connections with Ahsoka. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, Grogu could tear Kylo apart with, like, a fucking thought. Like, <laughs> like Kylo's out there, like, worshiping Darth Vader as, like, this ultimate badass of the Force. Grogu's like, you ain't seen shit. <laughs> you should see my ancestor. You should see okay. my granddad. Uh, the duel between Kylo and Grogu would be so fucking gruesome it'd have to be done off screen. Like, <laughs> You just see the, the head roll into frame. You think Chris Santon tearing a guy's arm off was brutal? No. <laughs> like, it would have been folded up like a taco. So yeah, we got one more episode. One more episode to wrap this up, which is really disappointing. I wanted at least two more episodes. I feel like it's a lot to go do in one. Maybe it's a really fucking long episode. Um, it may be a long one, because... I mean, the, the ultimate crux of this is Boba's War Against the Pike Syndicate. Yeah. And Who he has not been liking since, uh, since he got out of... Uh, the uh sarlacc pit basically but the pikes are kind of one of the worst syndicates in star wars um they are they're almost equivalent in power to the huts the huts control more territory in the galaxy but the pikes run the most lucrative drug trade in the galaxy period like no one can compete with them as far as spice trade is concerned and spice is the most popular drug in star wars canon (laughs) um comes from a planet of sand yeah, Where people have blue are... eyes if they smoke too much dust. I don't know. This is a spice. <laughs> no, they are... The Pikes are extremely wealthy, extremely powerful, have resources on top of resources, and back pockets in places you don't even know that it, no exist anymore. Um, they are purposefully mysterious um, to the point that some Pikes can't even recognize each other by face anymore because they always wear their mask. Damn. Um, so, I mean, the Pikes are frankly just, and the problem is, is they're ruthless. Like they do not care who they have to kill to get their agendas met. They will definitely kill those people, like without hesitation. <laughs> if they can't do it themselves, they will hire the right people to do it for them. <laughs> um, they, their their entire ethos is just getting shit done. Like, if they have to wipe out half the galaxy to keep their spice trade in track, they'll probably go ahead and do it. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'm going to say let's wrap up on uh, Booga Boba since we're already an hour into this. And I'm like, it's going to be a short podcast. Um, I'll touch real quick on the other two things that I've been watching. No spoilers. Um, but, spoilers done. Well, bam. Oh, I didn't miss the button. Well, bam. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, damn. Um, Kim and I have been watching, we haven't finished yet, we watched about maybe half of um, new Netflix dark comedy uh, with the greatest name on the planet, um, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, uh, <laughs> is basically a um, murder drama, but with the most ridiculous 
the ridiculous uh was it where um, my mind's blank in the word dialogue thank you jeez my brain not working today um like it, it very much it's very tropey and and plays up and plays off of things from other movies very similar to it but it's basically about Kristen Bell's character who has one a drinking problem two just psychosis issues I believe um mm-hmm. And she's mixing pills with alcohol and one night she thinks she sees to her 100% she believes she sees a murder. Um, And it's basically that story and her dealing with that and all these weird plot twists and turns and and really fucking weird jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I highly recommend it. It's only I think eight episodes. I think we're on episode five Um, on Netflix. Who doesn't have fucking Netflix? Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's 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 good. It's good. Um, nothing too. It it really is like a, you can throw it on. You don't have to fully pay attention. It can be a in the background kind of show. Um, mm-hmm. Same as this other show that I'm I'm, I'm gonna talk about, which do, not everybody has. Obviously, we've talked about it with you. You don't have HBO Max. Not everybody does. Nope. It's just another one of the millions of fucking subscription services you quote unquote need. Um, but I uh, have caught up on Peacemaker, which is the spinoff focusing on the character Peacemaker from the Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad sucks. The Suicide Squad did not suck. <laughs> did you you watch the Suicide Squad, right, Nate? I actually have not watched it. Oh, highly recommend it. Um, it's streaming on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it's James Gunn who made the movie ended up getting mm-hmm. signing up to do this series as well. Um, it's not normally my kind of show. It's a little bit more uh, cringy, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but turns out I really enjoy watching John Cena get to do whatever the fuck he wants in a character role yeah. like this. Um, he's really fun. I, I gotta admit, I think I might like John Cena as an actor more than the rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny you bring that up because they had a feud um i forget how many years ago this was but they did an interview with john cena where he was asked about a comment he made considering the rock oh god and this is back when john cena was just getting into acting and he was still involved in the wwe and things like that and something about basically the rock he shows up every week and the rock doesn't and he had to sort of roll back that comment and say you know i stated this out of ignorance um because I was in the WWE business at the time and not fully into the acting business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're, he's like, when you're on a movie set, you have to be 100% dedicated to that movie set. People are reliant on that money that they're going to be paid based on that movie being released on time. And so you can't afford to, you know, take a day off basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, where in the WWE, it's a little bit more flexible. You know, your matches are scheduled by someone else. You know, you're not given these super, super, restrictive sort of sets of rules that you are on a movie set that you are in the WWE. You kind of show up and you do what's expected of you as a WWE superstar. Um, and you don't really have a role to adapt superstar. to. You sort of keep the same role throughout your career in wrestling. Yeah. Um, so he, he apologized to the rock and said basically that he owed everything in his acting career to the rock. Um, the rock is the one who got him involved in acting in the first place. Oh, Cause I feel like he is one of the people that kind of paved the way for a lot more of, um, 
wrestlers yeah. to get into that as a as another form of uh, income for well, them. It shows off their niche because in the WWE, you aren't part athlete, part actor, right? Is you know, The Rock, his personality in the ring is not who he is in real life. Um, the same thing with John Cena, or pretty much anyone. You can pick out anyone who's in the WWE. Eddie Guerrero, Dave Batista. These people are not who they are in real life as they are in the ring. <laughs> um, and so... Some of yes, that can be Rock disappointing. Did, I mean, The Rock did pave the way to show people that, yes, wrestlers can act when they're given proper roles to act in. Um, I think Peacemaker is probably, even though I haven't seen it, I kind of know this from clips I've seen and things that I've heard about. I think it's the perfect role for someone like John Cena because it is a role for someone who's basically a muscle-bound meathead who also likes to be goofy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Peacemaker seems like it hits on that sort of humorous note. Um, I don't know. I think I'll watch it eventually. I have to, I'll get my hands on, on it some way and watch it <laughs> I don't know what you could be talking about Nate what are you saying <laughs> legal methods um yeah it'd be nice if it was like because I know there are certain certain series that like um yeah it's exclusive to HBO but then in like another country it's exclusive it's exclusive to Netflix instead um mm-hmm. I know that that was a thing with um Doctor Who was a big one with that. Even the Ghibli movies were on, like, the UK Netflix um, for the longest time. So, who knows? It might might be somewhere. Again, we'll take that sponsorship. I'm already with one. Do you have a better VPN? Do I want to switch to you instead? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. We can talk it out. Hug it out. Have fun. Why are you highlighting things? Why are you jumping around all over? I see it. I see your cursor. Um... I just realized I have stuff to talk about, and you don't really have stuff to talk about because you already talked about the Mamorpaga. Nope. Your uh, stuff is down. Your stuff yeah. Is down. Well, I'll talk a little bit about. Sadly, I haven't put enough time into many other games. Um, watching things is a lot easier and a lot, I don't know, less brain thought required. Um, <laughs> but I did couple, check out a couple of things. Uh, one on Game Pass, speaking of Game Pass from earlier, fucking, we started the whole episode with game pass uh i checked out finally nobody saves the world which is the new um adventure game from drinkbox studios the creators of one of my favorite series uh guacamelee um but it's basically you are just some random dude that is in this mystical magical world I think it's an isekai. I'm pretty sure you're not from this world. Um, (laughs) But you uh, basically find this wand, and with the wand, you are able to transform into different heroes or different Mm -hmm. just creatures and characters in general. Um, You do that by, like, leveling up the individual characters. You rank them up, and once you rank up to a certain level, you get to unlock more and more characters. Um, So far, I think I have five... I think I've ranked up so I can unlock five different, or no, four, just four right now. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you're the nobody who all he can do is slap people. Uh, you can turn into <laughs> a rat who can get through small passages, but also can bite and poison people. Um, mm-hmm. Then I have a knight or a guard and a uh, archer. Um, obviously all with different battle 
abilities and um, weaknesses and in uh, strengths. That's the word. The opposite of weakness, Nate. <laughs> um, but it's really fun. I really enjoyed what I played. It has that that same comedy that you can find in any Drinkbox Studio game. Um, it's just fun. There are sometimes where you get like just cornered and just surrounded by everything and it, all the enemies spawning at one time. And you don't get upset about it because you're like, oh yeah, I know what I did wrong here. <laughs> uh, which is the same thing that I always felt with uh, Guacamelee. Because there were areas where it was like, hey, enemies are spawning in a certain way. There's a reason why we're doing it this way because you are supposed to do such and such to beat them and all that. Um, but yeah, really fun. Again, on Game Pass. Get it now. Play it now. Game Pass is the best. Sponsor us, Xbox. We love you. Um, did you make that out at all, Nate? Yes. Okay. Um, on the other hand, I have also been playing. I would show the box, but I don't buy anything fucking physical anymore. I got this digitally, too. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus? Arceus? I don't know how to pronounce it. Do you? Arceus. Arceus. I'm going to say Arce... Arce... Assy. Assy ass. Pokemon Legends Assy ass. Uh, uh, oddly enough, another isekai. Uh, literally, the game starts up and you're basically being told by Pokemon God, you're in the past, motherfucker, I've sent you back, blah blah blah, and here you get dropped down with your flip-flops, in your t-shirts, in your cell phone, um, <laughs> that's now been turned into the God phone, basically. Um, literally, like, God will, sorry, God, Pokemon God will, like, text message you be like hey you should probably go do this thing like, oh okay <laughs> you got it god um you throw a master ball at him <laughs> it it is a very different pokemon game um it is definitely the step in the right direction that i think people wanted um is it pokemon breath of the wild no it is pokemon breath of fresh air um <laughs> But it really is, like, the idea of taking, we had Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield, first fully console, full console Pokemon game. It was literally just a Pokemon game, but slightly upscaled to a console. And I loved it. I'm like, this is what I wanted when I was a kid. The progression is now finally being shown. We're going to ignore Diamond and Pearl, because while I enjoyed it, it was, you know, the weakest remake probably they've done. Um mm -hmm. But they basically took the good from Sword and Shield, the good from Pokemon Go, because you can now see the Pokemon, you can go catch Pokemon, um, but you still, you still either have to, you don't have to fight them, which is interesting enough. There are Pokemon that like you can catch them off guard or you knock them out with other things, very Safari Zone kind of style, where you just throw out uh, the Pokeballs at them and you can catch Pokemon in the wild. Now, that doesn't always work. Sometimes you no. piss it off and it starts attacking you with a fucking hyper beam. Um, <laughs> seriously. Have you seen the videos and GIFs of this shit? I've seen it where someone threw out like their fucking level one starter against the Snorlax and the Snorlax just hyper beams the yep. fuck out of it. <laughs> um, those are called the alpha Pokemon. They are usually the higher level, supposedly the highest level in the area kind of thing. Like, hey, you know you're, you're good to move on once you're past this kind of thing. Um, and man, they do not like to, to be caught in any way. Um, but no, I, it's, it's really interesting to see 
like a mission based there's because you have the breakdown of different missions and everything there's the main storyline that you can follow i've got like 12 different missions already started up and i'm like all right gotta do this gotta do this the way you fill the pokedex is completely different you basically you see the pokemon boom all right pops up cool you catch a pokemon cool pops up in normal pokemon games that's it that's all you got to do in this you are supposed to continuously catch pokemon continuously fight the same pokemon continuously use the same pokemon they want to see different variations of the same pokemon like seeing the male and female or even just different um mm -hmm. i know there are certain pokemon that have different markings and stuff like that uh you can yeah. even do the, the whoa, it's and a lot of it's like, oh, we want to see you, we see it evolve. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's a really cool idea because it's, we are now in a time where a lot of people that are playing Pokemon are used to catching the same Pokemon over and over again because that's the only way to get the candy, to get the, mm -hmm. the Pokemon Go evolution and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So to see that kind of tied into this in more more than it was in Pokemon Let's Go, because Let's Go was, you catch the Pokemon, that's it. Um, you can level it up and have it evolve like normal. Um, on top of that, there are some uh, quality of life, is that the term? Um, changes that I have wanted and thought about in Pokemon for years. We've talked. I think we've talked about this. I, we've technically been playing Pokemon for twenty twenty years, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, there are the greatest things. For instance, you can change your Pokemon names whenever the fuck you want, just whenever. Uh, you can change their moves whenever you want. Once a Pokemon learns a move, you no longer have to forget one of the moves. You can swap it in. They only have four to choose from, but you can constantly swap it in whenever, once they know that move. Mm -hmm. You do not have to wait. Or, you sorry, you do not have to watch the evolution immediately. Mm -hmm. It's not like, hey, ding, you hit that level, Pokemon's evolving. It's now, hey, your Pokemon is at the level to evolve. You can evolve this when you want to. Um, for instance, because like I said, one of the things in the Pokedex, they want you to see, use the same move over and over again so you can see it, witness it kind of thing to complete the Pokedex. Um, yeah. Something that if you have a Pokemon evolve on you, you got to get a different Pokemon. That Pokemon might not have that same move. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. I really like that uh, the, the added... Uh, gameplay choices i guess um i of course went with Oshwat because water water starters for life i always pick fire starters so. well you are one <laughs> um no yeah i i'm really happy with it uh i really need to get back to it it's one of those things i the setup right now i'll normally play when we're watching something that we don't really are aren't fully invested in because i have the mm -hmm. Because you were here for Extra Life, the setup is still the little TV is underneath yeah. the big TV. So I have the Nintendo hooked up to the little TV, and we just watch <laughs> stuff on the big one. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Uh, I know, obviously, it's expensive because it's a Pokemon game. It's never going to go beneath twenty or $60. Um, but I highly recommend it. If you love Pokemon or you have kind of sat out of Pokemon because you feel like it's just been the same thing over and over again... 
this this is definitely one of those games that I think you should check out. Mm-hmm. Do you have any That's... interest? Not entirely. I've kind of been Pokemon out. Um, the thing is, when I play a game like Pokemon, it's... Well, when I play a game in general, it's largely for me about setting goals and having a direction to move in. And while Pokemon has that, um, it feels like it takes so much more work to feel like I'm getting that particular moment of satisfaction out of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand for some people that you know they're willing to push themselves through that and reach that sort of goal or just forget those goals entirely and do what they want in the game. Um, but for me, I sort of feel like I need that, which is why when I play games like Rust, you know, I'm able to go in and give myself like a goal for that session. Like, what do I want to collect? When I go and play Minecraft, like, what do I want to do during that session? Um, and so that's what gives me a drive to keep playing a game, even when there's no established goals. For Pokemon, there are established goals, and maybe with the goals that you mentioned, it would get me back into playing it. But I feel like Pokemon has too much to offer all at once, and I get a little bit oversaturated by it. Yeah. Um, I mean, even going back to old, old school, red, blue, and yellow, like, my only goal in playing those three games was to fill out a Pokedex completely, and I did it one time and then just never played those games after that. But there's, like, a thousand of those motherfuckers now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I don't know. I feel like Pokemon has become a little too big for me in scope to really fully enjoy in the way that it's sort of meant to be enjoyed at this point. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I will say, a, a fun aspect of it is... This is, like I said, something that takes place in the past. So Pokemon are handled very differently. Um, you are in a world before Pokemon. It's it's funny because now I think about it, this makes sense that it came out after Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield is a is a game where it is like the peak peak example of Pokemon and humans working together. Um, mm-hmm. between the ride Pokemon and you see certain things that you haven't really seen with the integration of Pokemon in the human world. Mm-hmm. This is a world where that doesn't exist in any way. We, as humans in this world, are still scared of Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. There's one of the early missions that you get is literally uh, a woman asks you to show her a whatever that generation's Pidgey is. I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, and she's like, oh my God, it's, it's so pretty. I, the different marking. Cause it was one of those, like, could you find one that looks different than the one I've seen kind of thing? Um, and she's really interested in this Pokemon. And then you as the character have the, you can say, do you want to pet it? Would you like to like hold it or something like that? And either, obviously either option is the same response, but it's, what are you, are you crazy? You don't know what could happen. That thing could attack me. Cause she, the people are so terrified by these Pokemon still because they are, I guess I don't, it is weird thinking of like, what's that? It brings you back to an early scene in Detective Pikachu where his buddy is like, edging him on to go catch a cubo and the cubo oh, basically God. just fucking nukes this guy yeah basically um <laughs> man, could you imagine starting off a pokemon game with a cubone it would be so sad you would have no type <laughs> advantage at any any gym no but i always start off with fire types and in the earlier games that was always a disadvantage so 
You go to a water gym and then a rock gym, and I would still use flamethrower on the well, fucking yeah, rocks as onyx and kill it. <laughs> like, it's whatever. Yeah. I overleveled my Pokemon in every game I played. <laughs> That's always fun. Getting into the level level or the first gym level fifty Charizard. <laughs> What's up? Like, oh, I have Onyx. You have a tight disadvantage. I'm like Charizard, flamethrower. No, I mean no. I'm I'm pretty sure Charizard can learn Rock Smash. <laughs> uh, At a certain point, I'm like, you know what? I can't control you, Charizard. Do whatever the fuck you want. Just make the other Pokemon not alive, please. <laughs> Charizard flies into a fit of rage, attacking you. <laughs> Oh, that's another thing. Sorry, talking about the attacking Pokemon thing. You actually can get attacked. Um, oh, yeah. They they will oh, yeah. attack you, and you will get attacked and like pass out and wake up and lose one of the items in your your uh, sack. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Oh man, now I just want to play Pokemon. <laughs> Nate, I've talked some about Pokemon in in other games, but what what's happened in the news world? All right. Well, some quick news for everybody so we can finish off here. Because I'm hungry. Um, everybody already knows that Sony had purchased Bungie yeah. at this point. A lot of people suspected this was some kind of retaliation against Xbox from purchasing Activision Blizzard. It is not in any way. Bungie is a much smaller studio. They're working on a single project right now. This has been planned for years. Yeah. Or, sorry, in, months. In works, it's been in the works for months. And them buying Bungie... I think is a way for them to get exclusivity for future IPs that may come from Bungie. But Bungie has been so focused on just updating destiny Two at this point. Um, I really think this is just a way for Sony to reap some of the benefits that come out of destiny Two microtransactions at this point. Yeah. Um, well, so that this is an interesting thing with this purchase um, is that, Bungie, I think Bungie came out and even said that they are still going to be technically self-publishing Destiny. Destiny is still theirs. Um, mm -hmm. So however it works moving forward, most likely it'll be like, hey, like you said, they'll be making the IP. Um, I still love the, the jokes that I've seen of people saying that PlayStation could never make the Halo killer, so they bought the people that made Halo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see whatever comes out of this. Well, I'm sorry. There'll, there'll never be a Halo killer, <laughs> period. I mean, games just don't work that way. Um, and beyond that, at the end of the day, I think what Sony really wants out of this benefit is to get a new IP out of Bungie. Yeah. They want probably an FPS that's a staple in their wheelhouse. Um, Since they don't really have that. Yeah. And we all know that Bungie's bread and butter right now has been FPS games. No matter what people say about Destiny versus Halo, the controls in both of them on console are super smooth and lend themselves well to FPS play. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what they're looking for from Bungie. But moving on past that, um, CES 2022 just wrapped up. And probably the one thing that PC nerds like myself are most interested in is new graphics cards. Um Intel has been teasing graphics cards for a long time. They plan to run an independent line of graphics cards alongside AMD and NVIDIA in the market. Um, and Intel did not give us any specific specs or model numbers or release dates or anything like that. Um, Smart. They said quarter one of 2022 maybe, or outside of quarter one 2022, sorry, is what they may be doing. 
Um, they're working on some new technology for their graphics cards. Um, they're calling them Arc Alchemist. At least that's the name for now. Um, they're working on a new sort of technology that's supposed to compete with NVIDIA's DLSS. Um, it's what they call XE Super Sampling Tech, which XE. Super Sampling is just a fancy way of basically buffing detail and frame rate artificially through software. Um, but Intel will be releasing their own line of GPUs at least sometime in the near future. Um, that's what people are hoping for anyway. As far as AMD and NVIDIA are concerned, they are they're at least announcing that they're going to release what they consider to be budget GPUs coming out on the market to sort of get rid of the slump we've been in with super expensive GPUs. Radio, or AMD is releasing the Radeon RX 6500 XT, which is supposed to be kind of retailing at about 199 but with, of course, the chip shortage and scalpers and GPU market, that's probably not going to be around for too long. Um, still, it's got a lot of the features that the current 6000 series has. You still have RDNA 2 architecture on there. Um, but as always with anything budget, you can expect them to cut corners and you're probably going to see a drop in performance over some of the graphics cards that have already been out. Um, same thing with NVIDIA. They're going to release a 3050 graphics card. For reference, I'm currently running a 3060 Ti in my system, which just is their current low-end graphics card, but it still performs amazingly. Um, a buddy of mine just got his hands on a 3070, which is going to outperform this. And, of course, anyone with a 3080 or 3090 out there, or not a 3090, 3090's not out yet, but there is a rumored 3090 Ti coming out. That'll be their sort of flagship top-line card. But anyone with 3070 or 3080 knows that you're getting amazing performance out of there that's basically future-proof at this point. Um, but they are going to release a 3050, which is supposed to retail somewhere around a little under $300. See, Yeah, um, I'm seeing again, 249 yeah. Yeah, with the graphics card market being the way it is, I don't expect that to stick around for long. You're probably going to see these things going for close to 700 even $1,000 very soon. Because people are assholes. Um, I mean, considering that old graphics cards, 2080s and 1080s even, are still selling for roughly 400 to $700 a piece. I mean, it's just not a good it's not a good market to be in right now if you're looking to build a PC. Yeah, I guess is what I can say. Um, that being said, there are good pre-builds out there. Um, if you can find a good pre-built from a reputable company, I would say go for it. Um, every company has its failings in some way. NZXT is probably the best right now for custom building PCs and having them shipped to you, but their customer service is extremely lacking. Um, Gamers Nexus has a great review out of experience they did secret shopping nvidia's nzxt build service and the very very poor customer service they received from that and other customers have received from them on the other hand you could get stuck with someone like uh cyber power who builds a pc with zero airflow in the case so um yeah you have to kind of be careful when you're diving into pre-builds make sure that you get decent components in those pre-builds make sure that you know, if you have any experience with building a com computer, when you get that pre-built, first thing you got to do, open up the case, make sure all your cables are connected, everything's seated properly before you even power the damn thing on. Because there's a good chance that someone at the factory is getting paid fucking peanuts to put that thing together, and they're doing it as quickly as they possibly can on an assembly line. Yeah. Um, there's almost no, no attempt to detail. And if you can't figure that out, 
give it to someone like me or give it to someone you know who knows how to build no no, no. don't give it to nate don't give it to nate <laughs> give it to a reputable <laughs> si who knows what they're doing and you turned me off <laughs> oh no i did sorry <laughs> I forget Give it that. to a reputable SI who knows what they're doing um, <clears throat> to have them check out your system and make sure that everything's properly put together and running the way it should be. Um, but that's really all the advice I can give to people who are looking into PC. A lot of people are still looking into PC building right now, asking questions like, where can I get a GPU for close to retail? Honest answer is you fucking can't. So Good luck. Um, and that's the answer. I mean, even in the retail market, every retailer's got markups on these things. So, yeah. I'm actually going through some a list on TechCrunch's uh, biggest news from CES, and um, I love that the first story is about the BMW that can change its color. <laughs> yeah, there's there's crazy stuff coming out in the car market as well. But yeah, and maybe... Sony is supposed to be looking into electric cars. What? I mean, here's the thing about that, right? Is Apple tried this a while ago? Apple was like in rumors, putting rumors through the pipeline about, oh, we're going to release our own electric car, you know, with Apple CarPlay and all this synchronous technology that'll mm -hmm. sync up with an iPad and stuff like that. This never took off. A lot of the stuff you hear in the auto market when it comes to things like, especially things like electric hypercars or extremely fuel efficient vehicles, is all vaporware. I followed and invested time in a company called Elio Motors a long time ago that was supposed to release a very small three-cylinder car that was going to be like super fuel efficient and everything like this. Car never saw the light of day. Sounds it was complete right. and total vapor. And Elio Motors still still to this day is insisting that they're still working on production of these vehicles. <laughs> um, meanwhile, you've got companies out there, small companies out there like Rivian, who just released their R1 pickup truck, which already has a ton of pre-orders, and they're ramping up for even more production on those. And they're getting ready to release an SUV model as well. Um, Hummer is coming out with their new EV. Lucent Motor has already come out with their EV. Wow. This mm. R1 does not look bad either. No. I the, like the, the look thing of about it. the R1 is you get a litany of features in a pickup truck pack, in a small pickup truck package um, that's capable of everything you want a pickup truck to do, from daily driving to off roading um, to even just being a work truck in its own right. It's How does this look so much better? Than that fucking electric car that Tesla was trying to shove down people's throat. Because Rivian actually knows what a pickup truck is supposed to look like. <laughs> Ooh, although I did just see this other thing, and I don't, I'm afraid to know what this is. Well, Rivian also Let filled a niche in the market where there wasn't really a semi-affordable. I say semi-affordable. These things are seventy thousand dollars at their base price. Um, but electric pickup truck that was really on the market that could sort of do it all. Um, the thing about Rivian is you get a litany of features just off the ground with the base model. You get a thing called the gear tunnel, which is behind the rear seats um, that you can shove stuff in. But that gear tunnel, if you opt for it, also can come with a slide-out camping table and Ooh. stove I that runs off the car's battery. I was just saying that they have um, like fleet trucks. Oh, yeah. They yeah. have fleet trucks. Rivian has a deal with Amazon I actually see to that. deploy electric delivery vans. Um because Amazon, as part of their investment in Rivia, made that a stipulation in the investment. They were going to supply them with electric vehicle vans. Um, Amazon, despite being a shit company in its own right, is trying to go towards a zero-carbon model in the near future. I don't know how that's going to play out. They're going to kill all the humans um, that work there and replace them with robots. Probably. <laughs> is that is that not what that means? <laughs> I mean, I would put it past them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um Man, can we get but, through an episode of this podcast without murder? Probably not. <laughs> no. Um, 
well, before I start gushing about all the things in the electric vehicle market, um, I mean, at the end of the day, CES, if you're into tech, and especially if you're into things like PC building, it's probably worth paying attention to because that's going to give you sort of a roadmap of where this tech is going in the future and how affordable especially it's going to be. Um, with chip shortages, resource shortages, and COVID still going on, it's just been a rough time for anyone looking to build a PC, upgrade a PC, do anything with their PC at this point, gaming-wise especially. Um, it's just, it, it's, unless you're willing to shout out the money, it's not going to happen for you, unfortunately. Find a way to get yourself involved in secondhand markets. Find a way to buy stuff from reputable dealers who aren't gouging you price-wise. And if you don't know what you're doing, make sure you hand that PC over to someone who knows what they do, what knows what they're doing, yep. before you get too invested into what you're building. PC part picker is probably the greatest resource any new PC builder has available to them. Go on PC part picker, put your build together. If it tells you a part's not compatible, get rid of it and find something that is. Like that's all you can really do at this point. If you have a build list set up for you, at least you have a starting point to jump off from. Um, and if you can't manage that, if you're really in a tight bind, go on somewhere like Facebook Marketplace or eBay even. Find a used PC that someone's already put together and just buy that. That's a great place to start. I still got an old PC with an RX 570 in it that will at least run modern games on medium settings. And that's really all you need. <laughs> I'm not chancing anything for my, my current computer. Not going all the wood. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... That's really all your news I can give you in a nutshell here. There hasn't been a lot going on, like we said. Um, CES was kind of the biggest event to happen in recent history, and there's not a lot that interests enough of us to sit here and talk about for hours on end. Although I will say uh, one more thing uh, that was disappointing in news, because um, I, I literally saw it, and I think I immediately texted you, uh, HBO has canceled the Boondocks revival. Yeah. Um, I think that was the last episode we talked about this. We were excited about that. And then they fucking announced, hey, it's canceled. Um, yep. So, you know, we can't have good things. No. Uh, <laughs> I am highly disappointed, but I wasn't expecting much, to be perfectly honest. Um, as far as I know, as far as I'm aware of, Aaron Magruder is frankly done with Boondocks as a comic series anyway. Yeah. Um, so anything that's coming out of a new show is basically just coming off the tops of the heads of producers who want to inject whatever they want into that into that sort of franchise. Um, either way, the original Boondocks series as it premiered on Adult Swim is great. I encourage anyone who wants to see Boondocks and even just through humor learn things about black culture in general, go watch Boondocks. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe it is all streaming on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um. I did remember there was one more thing uh, that has not been confirmed, um, but there is new or there are current rumors, big rumors, going around that Google is done with Stadia. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean they are no longer going to support it in any way whatsoever, but what they're trying to do is shop around the technology behind Stadia, um, which, in all honesty, Good, good, good idea. They're, they've got the power. They've got the, some great ideas. Um, Stadia in general, I was a fan of. Uh, I still have my controller that I don't fucking use. Um, but it looks pretty. <laughs> <coughs> oh, dead. Um, 
But, yeah, uh, it sucks, but it just shows that it's really hard to get into the fucking gaming industry again. You have the three. You're, yeah. I don't think we're going to get a fourth. Um, well, I in, think Stadia's... The, the issue is, is that these people who develop these technologies need to find a way once... Once they're ready to launch, first of all, to stop confusing consumers. Um, when Stadia was first announced, when Ouya was first announced, Ouya. people didn't know what the f*** was supposed to be. <laughs> um, and so they need, to, they need to work on better informing consumers of what they're actually getting from that service. The other thing is you need to have the proper tech to back that service. If you are running a streaming gaming platform, right, you either need to make sure that the client-side hardware is beefy enough to handle that streaming, or make sure that your server-side hardware is beefy enough to handle that streaming. Well, and see, so, they did. From my experience with them, I think they did. Yes, but like with NVIDIA's GeForce Now technology, right, is the way that you are streaming games through that service is you are basically paying to play a game on a rig, on a full PC rig that they already have pre-built. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're basically just paying money to play games on somebody else's computer. <laughs> yeah. Um... I will, so in my opinion, if we're ranking like the main three, I'm going with the main three in my opinion, um, you have the GeForce Now, which is kind of mm. meh. Um, I think Stadia was really good and was doing things really well, just was handled poorly. Um, the fact that you were buying games that had been out for years and they were still full price, no sales and stuff like that. Um, but then you have and this is not, I, again, we don't get paid to say these things. You have Game Pass. You have Xbox's streaming service. I, at work, randomly, because I was talking with people because they didn't know about it, I told them about the streaming games on your phone. No internet connection, no, like, uh, Wi-Fi connection, just playing off of my phone service. Pulled up yeah. and was able to play Sea of Thieves with no lag, no issues whatsoever, like full-on, just no controller, just using the touchscreen's uh, yeah. controls. It ran fantastically. Fantastic? Yeah, yeah sure, that's a word. Um, in, well, that's because they've got running on a server that also basically has a virtual Xbox One yeah, built into it. Uh, so. It's great. I, th I think they are definitely... They are doing what I think Stadia wanted to do. Um, and because of the way that they're working everything with Game Pass, they've made it easier for that to work. All you have to do to play these games the way that way is to already be subscribed to Game Pass. You already immediately have access to hundreds of games. I'm not exactly sure how many are touchscreen enabled, but mm -hmm. just streaming games in general. Is there a yeah. Game Pass games that are streamable. And I think they they are currently in the works of introducing the desktop streaming, yep. which I think is is probably far enough in that they are now going to, fingers crossed. The only new like tech we'll we're going to get announced this year is an Xbox streaming stick. Mm -hmm. I I think it's something that we can very realistically get. Yeah. The well, only thing that would be holding it back is um, the whatever's inside of it, depending on the the supply is actually there. Well, at the end, of the, I mean, it's a good option for consumers and a good option for the company. At the end of the day, um, consumers don't have to worry about 
you know, running around trying to hunt down a 1X or a 1S somewhere yeah. to play games. Um, and it's a good option for the company as well because they're not sinking as much into hardware costs making consoles anymore. Um, as long as you have a robust enough connection at home to stream those games, you should be good to go. I'm and like I was saying... You don't need a gigabit connection or anything like that to stream games right now. Uh, but I was going to say, like I was saying, this was no internet, just regular phone service. It was running great. So Yeah. Well, now that we've got 5G infrastructure everywhere... Uh, I will say um, the the one thing you do have to do uh, I highly recommend you having a controller hookup um, downside is the best the cheapest option is just like a mobile clip for your phone onto the controller that's 15 bucks the only of uh, the other alter alternatives that they offer are uh, a razor handheld thing that goes around your phone as well as a um, what is this it's called the backbone for set, oh, it's for iOS. Ooh, $100 for the backbone mm -hmm. uh, and $79.99 for the Razer. So it's not the cheapest to uh, get controllers connected to your phones, but you know. Oh, well, hey. speaking of Razer, <laughs> just one last thing that I think is funny. So, Razer, a long, long time ago, released that uh, LED face mask. Mm -hmm. um, right. And they had to after getting sued about it they had, had to come out with an it? announcement yeah had to come out with an announcement that that face mask in no way filtered out for COVID-19 um, really yeah it did not have proper N95 filtration rating at all it was never passed through any FDA checks it was I never see. passed through any CDC checks it was never tested in any environment it was just made and sold and frankly that kind of goes along with Razer's track record. Make something look pretty, give it a premium price point, and sell it to nerds who like RGB on everything. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, even though it looks cool, you better be wearing something else underneath it. Yeah, that does <laughs> suck. It, I like the form of it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it had like the supports on the back of it. I just pulled it up to look at it again. You can still buy them. You They didn't like pull them or anything. They're just still 100 bucks. They, they still put them up there. I mean, it's a great option for people who are into stuff like cosplay and things like that who want a you know, neat face mask for something cyberpunk-esque or futuristic. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm just informing people who may come across this podcast who may have not heard the news. You know, it's not a safe option if you plan on going out in public with that mask. Wear another paper mask underneath it um, and just save yourself, you know, the risk, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do not use it as your primary line of defense in this case. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I think, well, I guess I could talk about this now that it's already happened. In convention news, um, MAGFest, of course, happened. Oh, God. Um, luckily, MAGFest did go off without without any major hitches, kind uh, of. Yeah. Not, <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Everyone was relatively safe. Mask mandates and vaccine mandates were enforced at the convention as they should have been um didn't hear a lot of stories from people about anyone you know unvaccinated getting snuck in or anything like that there was kind of a kerfuffle with a twitter user who complained that you know i thought magfest was supposed to be inclusive and now i can't go because i don't want to get vaccinated and so on and so forth and because i got, don't believe in science i'm a dumbass what they got ratioed to hardcore for that anyway so <laughs> um 
you know, everybody who attended MAGFest was pretty much in agreement. You know, bring your vaccination card, bring a mask, bring several masks with you, swap them out as necessary, and, you know, go about your business as usual, and just be safe in general. Um, KatsuCon is getting ready to come up, and they are doing the exact same thing that MAGFest is doing. A mask policy is being enforced, a vaccine policy is being enforced. Just pick up your badge to attend KatsuCon. Um, they've worked closely with the Gaylord down in National Harbor to basically say, we are also relying on you guys to make sure that everyone who comes in and out of these doors has a mask on and that hotel guests are giving you vaccine cards if they plan on staying here. Um, and so they've they've done their due diligence on that part, at least. At least the staff has. As far as congoers goes, that left to be seen. Kashikon is has a reputation for being far more chaotic than MAGFest. Yeah, but... that, that's usually the more <laughs> ridiculous from what I've heard. I've never been to that one. Um, I don't know if I want to, especially in today's if current situation if you're not deep in the cosplay it's really not worth it. i attended costacon long before covid was even a thing and if you're not really deep in the cosplay it's frankly not worth going it is a cosplay convention basically you can go to enjoy the cosplay man jeez well that's what i went for was to enjoy the cosplay which you can enjoy but a lot of these people are on uh tight schedules with photographers and cosplay groups and things like that so it's more geared towards you know the professional cosplay industry than anything else um that being said there is still fun to be had at either convention i'm just putting it out there because we're in a new year and a lot more conventions are on their way so you can expect most of these conventions to require both a mask and a vaccination yeah. card uh and real quick um, on the magfest thing um they did come out talking about the at least what has come out of who had tested positive and everything. Of the 10,581 attendees, 59 of them tested positive. Um, 51 were symptomatic, 8 were asymptomatic, 25 were vaccine boosted, um, 34 weren't. Um, obviously, everybody should have been uh, vaccinated. That number doesn't match up, right? For Yeah, okay, make it sure. <laughs> um, but it says the majority didn't use contact tracing, so there's no tracing of that fun shit and the best part is if you use that little thing that like Marilyn put out being like hey track who you're near with bluetooth mm -hmm. um fucking you're in a convention you're gonna that's gonna literally shut down hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people or not hundreds of thousands yeah. thousands of people um hundreds two thousands um mm -hmm. so yeah just maybe well, maybe not do conventions yet maybe we're not there yet yeah. I think MAGFest did have a contingency in place in case there was an outbreak that occurred during the convention. Just um, burned down to the ground. <laughs> not exactly. They were basically going to, if it came to the point where, you know, stuff had gotten to the point where there was basically a full-blown outbreak in the works, they were going to call the proper authorities, get quarantine procedures in place, have staff work closely with authorities to get those people cordoned off, um, and basically, yes, yeah, shut down the convention from there. Um, they were not going to let a convention go on if, they, if an outbreak had occurred, period. That was just not in their books. Um, the issue is, is a lot of conventions are nonprofit organizations. Most of them are nonprofit organizations. Yeah. And so they're relying on the convention taking place itself to even stay in operation. Um, basically, they, I mean, I've been told by many MAGFest staffers in high places that I know from channels through, like Oticon that if MAGFest did not happen this year, there would be no more MAGFest. Yeah you know plain and simple um they could not afford to go another year without a convention so they tried a virtual con during the major beginning of the pandemic and that was just that was awful well it was <laughs> also done 
I, I don't know. It's hard to, there are certain things that's hard to do for the first time. You learn from that first one. Hopefully it can get better. Um, I mean, even uh, with E3, E3 2020 didn't happen. We had whatever was salvaged, whatever uh, Jeff Keighley was able to put together. Um, and then last year we had a slightly better E3, slightly. <laughs> um, but I felt like that was also a year of, hey, we're working on things. We don't have anything to show you, but we wanted to tell you that we still exist. I'm like, no, we know. Just yeah. focus focus on things well, don't don't come out and tell us how we know all capital g gamers have memories like goldfish so they need to be reminded constantly that the next big thing is when it's wet <laughs> so it is who knows i mean with this new year you know now getting underway we're in february now covid is still very much a thing and people still need to take precautions to you know keep themselves and their loved ones safe from it um yeah. i do not think the pandemic is going to be quote unquote over in this year um that's just frankly I, not i give it 2025 um i mean these are pandemics are long-running things um especially when so, countries ignore that they are actually happening yeah we, we have to let it run its course and we have to learn to adapt to the sort of new system we're under you know basically handed to us by this and you know, everybody's feeling the pain from it. It's just what we got to deal with in the meantime until something drastic happens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it sucks for everybody, but at the end of the day, I don't think anybody who at least is in sort of our place in the hierarchy has been affected by it too badly. <laughs> All right. Well, we have been going much longer than we, I think, yeah. were planning to. Uh, it happens. We get rambly. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. I have, as always, been Chris, a.k.a. Time Burrito. Are you sure about that? Yeah, always. <laughs> Never been anything certain. else. Never anything else. Well, Don't look I've at my gamertag history. <laughs> no 89, just yeah. a little teapot. Yes. We will. I will hopefully be back streaming this Tuesday. I am trying to get back in. I think I'm going to, I might try and do a Wednesday stream. Not 100% sure yet. Um, don't know what I'm going to play. I want to play something, something fun, something new, not Minecraft. <laughs> um, as always, if you like what we do, if you want to hear more of us, you want to see more of us, follow us on all social media. Just search Space Time Taco. Not Taco, Taco, the name of the thing. Taco. Not the, Search me, like I said, Tom Marito. And search this guy. A little teapot. I'm not going to make him say it, because last time I pointed at him, he just kind of dead-aired. Actually, no, you rolled your eyes. Motherfucker rolled his eyes when I tried to give him introductions. Yep, that's where it is. It's always there, Nate. Stop touching your little... <laughs> Go inside and play video games. <laughs>